This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Welcome in, Bucks fans. The Milwaukee Bucks come up on the losing end uh, in Game 2, 108-102 to to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, the Bucks now 1-1 one one in exhibition season. I'm joined, by, as always, by my guy Nathan Marzion. You can follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzion. You can follow me. Uh, at Sparky Radio, Green and Growing Podcast. You can make sure to download that, uh, as always, on the Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite uh, podcast. That could be uh, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it. Uh, you can do it that way. Also, you can also watch the videos on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page, too, where we are live streaming like we do most of the time uh, when there's both of us involved. Now, if it's a solo project, uh, then normally uh, we don't do videos with solo projects. Normally, you just get the audio version and not the video version. Uh, okay, Nathan Marzia, I, I guess first, let's talk about this game tonight uh, with the Grizzlies. Uh, and this is an instance where the Grizzlies played pretty much their starters. Obviously, they can't play John Morant, uh, but Derek Rose is probably going to be their starting point guard. Uh, and other than Steven Adams not playing, for the most part, they played their guys. Your thoughts on how the Bucks did, considering there was no Lillard, there was no Middleton, and there was no Giannis. I mean, it's fine. I mean, we we, we talk about it's preseason. I'm not going to freak out about how they look or anything like that. They just missed a lot of threes tonight. They only shot 24%, 10 of 42. So that was kind of the big thing is they just didn't, didn't make their threes, but you're missing your two best three point shooters. Um, and yeah, I mean, they, they looked all right. They obviously looked better in the first game. I thought the first game honestly was, I didn't have many, there weren't many like, performances I feel like almost everyone was pretty impressive the only guys that were like not that impressive were Ty Ty Washington and um who was the other one Lindell Wigginton but pretty much everyone else in that first game played pretty well even like the Nassis had 14 points um played played well tonight you know again nobody really shot that well Marjan one of six from three Pat two of eight from three Malik Beasley three of ten from three campaign over four from three uh, Crowder two of seven, Lopez over two. So really nobody shot well, but still, I mean, I I think there's some good positives to take away from it. Uh, campaign had five assists, and they that was just in 15 minutes of play. And um, yeah, I mean Crowder I think looks a little bit better overall as like a Crowder I think looks better as just like a perimeter defender and um. Just a little bit quicker, I think, overall. And Marjan was bad today, but it's preseason. I mean, he's young. It's going to happen. 
He's not any better. He doesn't look any better to me than he did last year. I'm sorry to say the dude does. He's not going to get realistically again. It's two games. So maybe he'll turn it on. The lights come on in the regular season. We'll see what he's been working on all off season, but through two games, he, he hasn't gotten any better than what he looked like last year. And through two games. And again, it's exhibition games. I understand there's no Giannis off fine and dandy, but he doesn't look any different to me. And if this is what he is, he's not going to get any type of significant minutes. I, I don't think. Uh, during the course uh, of the postseason, when you get to that point, it's just not going to happen. Uh, and Beasley, I, I've watched him now the last couple of games. So today during the game, I was like, you know, I want to go look at his game log for last year. I just want to kind of see. Because, you know, there are games when Grayson Allen, love him or hate him, I wasn't a fan. Uh, but there'd be games where, you know, he was like five of five or four for four, or whatever the case may be, right, where he just didn't miss. Beasley didn't have one of those last year. I went and I looked. He, Beasley had quite a few one of five, two of six, uh, those. Then when he got hot, you know, it was seven of 12, eight of 14, right? High volume. So when he gets going, he really jacks up those shots, right? You're, you're, you couldn't find, I didn't find, I looked through all of them. You never found that. When you got to the postseason, he took even less threes once he got to the postseason. Now I think he was shooting like maybe three threes a game, four threes a game, like one of three, two of four. Somewhere along those lines. So I, I, I think what I'm going to find interesting with Beasley is defensively, what's he going to be? Because they kept talking during the broadcast, Byington and uh, Novak, about the fact that the challenge has been made to Malik Beasley by Adrian Griffin of you're going to defend the best player, essentially, uh, at the guard or the wing position. They want him to be the guy guarding that guy. Uh, and Novak or Byington, one of them pretty much said it. He's, he's going to be in the starting lineup uh, during that broadcast. So if, if Beasley's going to be the starter and he's going to play next to Lillard and Middleton's going to be the three and Giannis and Lopez, and that's going to be the deal, then his deal is going to be not being Drew Holiday. Nobody expects that. But to be a decent defender at that wing position where he guards the best wing on the other team, is he up for that? Can he do that? I don't know if he's quick enough to be honest with you watching him. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I guess we're going to find out, but that, that kind of came out during the broadcast today, as far as the, the, the challenge kind of thrown at uh, Beasley for this season, your thoughts uh, on how they want Beasley to play and what they expect out of him. I mean, I think he is capable of being a perfectly fine defender. I'm, I, he's never going to be a very good defender, but I think, if he's asked to do a little bit less offensively than he was in Minnesota, then I think he can be improved defensively, which he, again, he wasn't bad. I mean, he, he just was a neutral, like kind of just whatever defender. And he said, you know, if he doesn't have as much offensive responsibility, it could help him on that end. If that's how they want to use him, that's fine. I'd prefer he's more of a off the bench, just shooter scorer that we need, you know, kind of pop off the bench for us. Um, scoring pop, shooting pop. Because as you said, he's he's more of the volume shooter. He's not as much of... he, he Like he... I, I believe his three-point rate was... Or like three-point attempts per 36 minutes. It was just like... It was Curry, Clay, and then he was third. Um, so he, he loves to take threes when he's in there. And he's mm-hmm. capable of... I mean, I pulled up his game logs here. But like he's capable of... I mean, he, has, he made six or more threes nine times last season and five or more threes 14 times. Grayson only made six threes twice and only made five threes four times. So he's definitely way more capable because he can get more shots up, and he has he's more dynamic as a shooter. Like but he will get, he get those shots up playing with Lillard, Giannis, and Middleton? Now, Grayson was playing a, with Holiday. He's going to be playing with even more of a shooter in Lillard than Grayson was playing with in Holiday. 
But that's why I'm saying bring him off the bench, I think, is the best. But even if he is out there with the starters, I don't think you don't need him to make six threes. You don't need him to be a high high volume three point shooter. He just needs to be someone that can hit hit, you know, 35, 40% of his threes, and then hopefully he can play some decent defense. And if that's the case, he's a fine fifth starter. Um, you don't need him to go six of seven from three every game. You know, it doesn't have to be the, the case. Um, I think as I, I don't know, I just think he's more he's more dynamic than Grace Nellen was as a shooter. He's more he's able to get his shot off quicker. He's way better off the dribble. Yeah. He doesn't just need to be a standstill open like every like Grayson was really only good when he was open. He needed time, he needed space, and he needed it off the catch. Whereas Malik can get into a shot in a variety of ways. And that's part of the reason he just takes more threes is because he can get into them in a variety of ways. Grayson didn't Grayson was never shooting, you know, twelve three point attempts in a game because he just he doesn't have the ability to kind of get into those shots the way that Malik Beasley does. Um, but I would I would agree. Like I'd prefer he's probably off the bench. I think his skill set is probably best suited for the bench. And if you could ideally start slash close Jay Crowder as your kind of defender, because um, I think he's looked pretty good. He, he's not – I mean, I, I think he's been a little bit faster than last year, a little bit quicker, and that's probably ideal to me. Or, you know, again, or we talked about you start Pat – um, and you, Pat's a pretty safe option. You know what he's giving you. You know he's pretty trustworthy come playoff time, all that. And then, yeah, as far you talked about Marjan. It's not surprising to me, but it's probably surprising to people that, you know, really buy into the hype easily and really just look at these young players as like, oh, they're going to reach their full potential right away and he should be our starter and he's our, you know, he's this missing piece. It's not that's not going to be the case. You know, he's going to have some good moments. He's going to have plenty of bad moments. We literally have seen that through two preseason games. He was pretty good on Sunday, but then today he was two for 11, one of six from three, and just, you know, didn't look like he was even a rotational NBA player tonight. But that just, I mean, to me, that's how it's going to be all year. And that's why I'm like, you, you don't put him in the starting lineup because he's just not a consistent rotational piece in the NBA yet. He's not. And that's okay. He's a 24th overall pick going into his second year that shouldn't be expected of him to be like you're an important piece of this rotation right now it it's just that's not a realistic um expectation for him he's gonna have games where he plays well he's gonna have moments he's gonna be be fine as a player but I just think people put too too high of expectations on him for his second season and yeah I, I just I don't we talked about it earlier I don't see him as the as the starter I don't see how that helps him I don't see how that helps the team I'm more of like just use this as use this as another developmental year for him. Bring him off the bench 15 to 20 minutes a game and see what he's giving you. And if he is getting super if he he's playing super well consistently, okay, then maybe you can consider doing that if he's really proving to um, you know, fit in at the NBA level. But to start off, I just don't see any reason why he should be starting. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's talk about another guy I want to to bring up here. We didn't see him in game one. We got to see him in game two, and that's campaign, right? Uh, and I remember when they, they got campaign, and that was the guy that everybody thought was going to end up in Milwaukee. Why? Because he was the most sought-after guard that was left on the market, um, and we knew he was going to go to somewhere. Uh, where there was a championship aspiration. So when the Bucks signed him, I tweeted up. Not really a big pain guy, uh, but this makes sense. He was the best guy left. They don't have a backup point guard. So obviously it makes sense. Dude, again, th- that jump shot, I, I, I would block my son's eyes versus having him watch campaign shoot a jump shot. Holy cow, is that brutal? But where he does give you something, um, and which is why I was okay with it because a, he was the best guy left and it's a backup point guard. I would never want him touching a starting point guard position, but the ability to distribute the ball and get the guys, uh, eat the balls in the right direction. That one inbounds play, he caught the ball at what? Almost mid court as maybe before that. Uh, and then threw it, uh, to, was it to Brooke Lopez who caught the ball, ran and scored. And that was a one path play from the other side of the court. And you're like, okay, that's good. They've been talking about pace and wanting to pick up the pace and stretch the, uh, uh, and, and up uh, the tempo. Uh, and that was a perfect example of it can happen. Now, will Lillard do the same thing? I would assume so. I will see. But Payne did it there. Payne had a couple of other nice passes uh, to the Lopez brothers uh, throughout the course of the game. You're like, okay, this is good. Uh, and that's really what you want in the backup point guard, right? You you don't need the backup point guard to go score 15 to 20 a game, especially with, not with all the offense this team has. All he's got to do is be able to get this team in the offense, be able to make the right pass, keep the ball moving moving on that side of the floor. And if he does that, then it's a success. That's how I view it. Nathan Marzian, how about you? Yeah, absolutely. That's the main thing you're looking for from that position is just someone that can handle the ball, can dish out some assists, and um, – you know, really just just run some offense. You don't have to be a sharpshooter. He he is, I know his shot's ugly, and I know he was 0 for 4 tonight. And so Dude, the rim, the rim is here, and he's facing like way over to the other side. Yeah. It is so bad. Whew. It's 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 a very ugly shot, but he I mean, he's a, a 36% three point shooter yeah, for his I know. career. He's still ugly. Like it's it's ugly, but I mean, and I know if, if this is your first time watching campaign you see an ugly shot and you see him go 0 for 4 and you're going to kind of be like, oh, is this guy just a terrible shooter? He's not a terrible shooter. No, He'll be able to make some shots. Um, but yeah, the more important thing is is the assists, is the ability to, you know, throw passes to the roll man. As you said, get guys going in the right direction and just make smart reads. Um, and yeah, that's, that's why we really liked this signing when we brought him in. I mean, last two years he was at 4.5 assists per game to just 1.7 turnovers and the year before 4.9 assists per game to just 1.8 turnovers. So like, that's what you need out of the backup point guard. Just yep. be someone that doesn't kill you and can run the offense. Like that's the bucks. Haven't even had one point guard starter or ball or backup that has been able to just effectively run the offense consistently. Like just be a pure point guard in like three years. You know, it just, right. they haven't had that. It's been a lot of guys that either are, super defensive minded or you know a little bit more scoring focused 
but it's like they just haven't been able to find the guy that's like that you can just throw an entry pass. He can just throw a good pick and roll pass. Like that's what they've needed more than anything is just someone that's smart and can just be a, a, a initiator a little bit offensively and run the show. That's what I think campaign can do. And so I'm, despite the 0 for 6 from the field, like I'm very pleased with what I saw from campaign because I don't, he's not going to need to score a ton. The one thing that keeps coming up on both broadcasts, and it's about your guy, Bobby Portis, but I, because I got to ask it. They keep talking about Bobby Portis wants to win sixth man of the year. That, that's kind of what he wants to be. If, if Beasley is going to start, if that's where this is going, if that's going to be the case, and we all know your guy, Patsy, isn't really a regular season type shooter. He's playoff Pat for a reason, right, Nathan? Uh, he, they, he, hey, hold on, they, hold on. He he can't. He's he had a bad regular season last year. That doesn't mean he's a bad regular season shooter. He's, just, he's a. I, that's fine. I, I I don't have any no interest in this whatsoever for Connaughton scoring basketball. Either way, he can he get a hot in a given day and hit two or three threes, maybe four threes. Yes, he can. And more times than not, if you're relying on him for offense, you're in trouble in general. Okay, yeah. let's just hold on for a second. So Bobby Boris, right, very likely is going to be that main guy on that second unit. Now, with the caveat that unless Adrian Griffin has lost all of his marbles, there is no reason why Middleton, Giannis, or Lillard should always be on the floor with that second unit, right? So maybe Middleton is out there with Portis and Payne and those guys, or maybe Lillard is out there with Bobby Portis and Pat Connaughton and those guys. But there should never be all three of those guys resting at the same time unless the Bucks are up by like 20. Other than that, one of those three should always be on the floor. Just want to point that out because I think sometimes when you talk second units in the NBA, when you don't, when you have three star players like Phoenix does, like Milwaukee does, um, maybe Boston, right? He include Drew Holiday or Porzingis in that in that realm. I think it's very include Drew. Uh, you should always have one of those guys out there. So knowing that, I still think Bobby Portis could average what fifteen a night. Do you think that's possible? Do you think Bobby Portis could get 15 a night off the bench for the Bucs? And is 15 a night good enough to be there at the end for a sixth man of the year competition? I just struggle with a power forward winning sixth man of the year. I struggle. I feel like that's a guard award. Uh, and it, it's very difficult probably for a big guy to win sixth man of the year. He, I mean, he was close to winning it last year. He averaged 14 and 9.6. And then the year before, he averaged 14.6 and 9.1. So he's been right around that 14 to 15, 9 to 10 rebounds twice in a row. I think that's, I think he can still have that. You know, I, I think he's going to be a good regular season bench scorer and rebounder. Um, and he, he, you know, he puts up his double doubles and everything. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's like a complete stretch to be like he, he could finish among the leaders in six man and possibly if he does like average a double double, um, you know that, that there's a chance he could win it if nobody else really shines off the bench and maybe you know if the bucks are really really good and that's part of the reason people you know, like people see that as part of the reason is like okay they have this six man that's playing well then yeah he could win six man now again i keep i'm i'm on the trade bobby train here comes the negativity folks so people need to understand double doubles in the regular season from bobby portis do not matter. See for winning for, for winning a championship and for in. the long run. Go. For the long run, it does not matter. Now, if he, I will be the only way I'll change my tune on Bobby Portis is if he all of a sudden looks better defensively, or they find some way to hide his defense and get him to play like alongside those other guys really well without having to give up too much defensively. 
because that's just that's the side of the ball that he's an apps like it just kills you in the playoffs. But he should never so. have to play the center position. You've got Brooke and you've got Robin. But, he shouldn't have to yeah. play the center. He was getting played forced to play the center when he never should have been in that position to begin with. But either way, his defense gets just absolutely exposed. He is not a good said, help defender. They, he doesn't you move said, his feet. He's Amarzian? slow. He doesn't okay. defend. He doesn't protect the rim. It's it's just it's really bad. It's really Amarzian, bad. And you he said can, if they can hide him. So what I'm telling you is, if he's the four, you can hide him with Giannis, with Brooke, with Robin, just like you plan on trying to hide Damian Lillard. I mean, I, it's, it's the same type of thing. I don't you think you can hide him. Night, I don't think you can hide him just by playing him at the four instead of the five because they've played him. He's been at the four in plenty of lineups where he's still just you'd watch him and you're like, you know, yeah, yeah, he's scoring a little bit. He gives you like he gives you a good scoring punch off the bench. I'll always give him that. I'm not. I'm never gonna sit there and be like, he sucks as a as a score or anything. And I like his rebounding, his intensity, all that stuff is good. But just for the playoffs, the most important thing becomes: can you not suck defensively? And just time and time again, we've seen him suck defensively. We've seen him, as I, as I said, he's just, he's slow. He can't move out in the perimeter. He, he's not good at all defending the paint and defending the rim. Now, see, you see, what was the question? What did I ask? I said, could Bobby Portis win sixth man? And you couldn't help yourself but to drive this into the postseason rant that you because always put on Portis. A- he doesn't have to play defense to win sixth man of the year, Nathan. But, he can put up a bunch of double doubles in the regular season that you don't care about. Why does he could win the sixth man? Because they keep what? bringing it up that that's his goal. His goal is to win sixth man of the year. It has been for the last couple of years. And that's why I'm asking do you think he can do it? Because yes. I don't think a big can. I, I think that's say, a yeah, guard I'll- award. I'll say yes, I do think he can. But to me, it is absolutely meaningless. Do I don't care. Him winning six man does abs- – in my opinion, in my opinion, him winning six man does not change our title hopes at all. Like it doesn't Fine. change it whatsoever in my and opinion. That wasn't, That's all that was, and that wasn't but, the question. But, but, but we, well, hold hey, on. come on. Do we are Bucks fans. Hold on, hold on. We are in a time where every conversation we have should be – or should it connect back to winning a title. Like why are we talking about – Regular season value for hey, us winning six man. Who cares? Hey, we need, it was part of the broadcast, and they're talking about it two broadcasts in a row. I'm going to talk about it on this podcast. Okay, like, okay. it's going to be that's something. Fair, that's fair. Do me a favor, though. Can you look up on your computer how many big guys have won sixth man of the year in the NBA? Because that's all I'm saying. I, I don't think it's I'll a big, up. I don't think it's a big man award. I think it's, you know, it's Lou Williams. It, it's, yeah, it's those it's largely, guys. It's largely guard, you know, as you said, the guys that come off the bench get a good amount of shots. They, they, it's basically the guys that come off the bench but play starter minutes. Jamal Crawford, another guy. Gets, gets starter-level shots, and they, they average, you know, close to 20 points. And it's like, you know, and, and I think six-man, yeah, I'll, I mean, we can go through. Brogdon, Hero, Clarkson, Montrezl Harrell, 2020. Oh, he's a power, yeah. Um, Lou Williams, Eric Gordon, Jamal Crawford, J.R. Smith, Harden, Guards. Lamar Odom, power forward. Yeah. Jason Terry, Manu, Barbosa, Mike Miller, Ben Gordon, and then, yeah, I mean, Anton yeah. Jameson, power forward. But yeah. So there's like one power forward for every five years that actually wins this thing, somewhere in that area, five to seven years, something. So, I mean, I, it's it's possible, but in large part, it really is a guard award at the end of the day. Yeah, but I, I do think he can win it. Like, I'm not saying he can't. I'm not, I'm, you know, to me, it's meaningless. He could win it, though, because I said he could put up, if he puts up similar numbers they did last year, he was close to winning it last year. And if there just happens to be nobody that no guard that comes off the bench and averages close to 20 and, you know, gets that starter level role just coming off the bench. That's why to me, to me, six man is so meaningless. 
just the award in general, like everyone that wins it, I'm always kind of like, are they really that important? Like, except for, I mean, Brogdon last year was pretty important, so I'll give him that. But like Hero, I'm kind of like, you're just coming off the bench, but you're, you're a starter. Like you're, you're, you're a starter playing bench minutes. That doesn't make you a sixth man. It's just, you you just happen to be playing, coming off the bench, but you're, you, you know, you play 35 minutes a game and shoot 20 shots. Okay. Like you, that's a starter role. Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford. I think there is something to it though, Nathan. I mean, I get what you're saying. You're saying if they're taking the same amount of shots as the starter, are they really quote unquote, a bench guy, whatever I get it. But my point is, I think in large part, the reason why these coaches have these guys in these situations are is because they want a spark off that bench with that second unit in games. These guys that can get going automatically off the bench that don't take time to have to get into their offense. Yes, but if you if you end up playing as a lot of these guys do, if you end up playing 32, 35 minutes a game, well, then you're not just a second unit guy. You're not just a spark sure. of the second unit. You become a starter, like you're playing with the starters, and you're like that's where to me it kind of there's that gray area of just like okay, is this guy really uh, like is this a six man truly? I mean, I, I don't know. I kind of think it should be like who's a who's a player that genuinely comes off the bench has a smaller ish role, you know, twenty five or fewer minutes a game and is like really effective. I don't, everyone just looks at the point totals off the bench and kind of says, okay, this guy averaged 19 off the yep. bench. He's a six man. That to me, isn't the most impactful six man. The most impactful six man might be someone that only averages 13 points off the bench, but plays really good defense, hits a ton of threes. Yeah, and this like, defense thing again. And they're, yeah. you know, they're, a, they're, a, they're a legitimate, like six man, great role player off the bench. That to me is a more impactful six man, in my opinion. You, you and your defense, man. You are just locked. And, hey, in I want to win the finals, man. I, I'm addicted. Man. I'm addicted to thinking about June and May. That's good. And I'm yeah, just, I every every conversation like that's where my mind goes, and that's okay, part well, of why I'm like that's part of why even with the whole starter conversation, I right away I'm just like I'm not starting Marjan because I'm like I I can't we're not starting him in May and June we're not so why like. I can't get myself to like say start Marjan. No, I'm just like start Pat because I think Pat's the most trustworthy in the playoffs. But it isn't the playoffs, so I, I don't know. I got to reel myself in sometimes and be like, we're still in October. There's plenty of time. No, unless something changes, I don't see how Marjan's in the playoff rotation. Long way to go. Injuries can happen, so forth. He can get better during the season. Whatever. It's only two preseason games, and we all got to calm down a little bit. But Marjan not looking better. Uh, okay, uh, Nathan Marzia. Two guys that will probably for sure not be in the playoff rotation, but we do watch them in preseason basketball. Tell me about the two rooks uh, that went out there and got some action. And again, that last few minutes of the fourth quarter of this game, they fought back and it was all young guys on the floor, including Bochamp was was part of that with Ty Ty and these guys. What did you think of what you saw from the two rooks? Yeah, so Andre Jackson is very intriguing. He had eight points and seven boards. Um, you know, he he's got as we've mentioned, very, very limited game offensively, but he is smart enough and athletic enough and has all those, like, like he has the it factor that you need to still kind of be effective even without that. Um, I don't think you can put him in an NBA game reliably right now just because, again, the the the, the, the offense is so limited that it's, like, it's just hard to, to put him out there right now. But he's still, like, he's very intriguing. And I said this right when they drafted him. I'm like, that's a very interesting pick because I You didn't like that his... pick. What are you talking about? You're, you you immediately said, how is he going to play with Giannis? He can't shoot the basketball. And that was the well, right, I... that was the right, th- that was the right take. How is he going to no, play no, no, with no. Giannis if you can't shoot the basketball? You were right. I, that's it. 
I didn't say I didn't like it. I said it's, I remember tweeting, I believe the exact words were super interesting because I said he can't shoot. I have no idea how he's going to play with Giannis. Exactly. But I, but I love everything else about him. I love that he's a great defender. I love that he's long. I love that he's athletic. I love that he can pass. He's like everything else he can do is great. It's just that he can't shoot at all. So you're like, how does he play with Giannis? And I don't think he plays with Giannis right now. I don't think he's going to get many minutes. Nope. But just for the long run of like like thinking about, okay, if he can just work on his shot a little bit, get his shot to being at least something that is somewhat of a threat, that's a very interesting possibility because then, you know, it, he can play more, he can be a wing defender, he can be um, this very athletic, great in transition. He had a nice tra- couple nice transition plays tonight. So it's intriguing. I like, I love his tools and I just think he's, he is somehow going to make it in the league somewhere, whether it's either with us or someone else, he's going to make it in the league just because he has so many traits that are good. He just has one that's really bad and it's the most important trait probably in the NBA right now, but he's going to make it somewhere. And I'm hoping it's with us. I'm hoping that he can really pan out with us and be like uh, someone we can use at some point down the road, but um, intriguing. And then, um, Ty Ty had, who's not a rook, but he's a new guy with us, second-year player. Um, he looked better in this game. Nine points, three of five from the field, so two steals. Um, he struggled in the first game, but I think he looked a little bit better tonight. I Did we talk much about when they when they signed him? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Because I, I, I wanted the Bucks to draft him last year, or two years ago, I should say. Well, no, it was last year. When they took Marjan, I wanted like Ty Ty was one of the top guys on my list, and so for them to just get him, you know, from free agency, the the next year to me is a huge steal. Um, we have no idea if he'll actually be good, but I just think it's a it's a very good kind of swing to take on him and someone that if he does pan out could be a really good backup point guard down the road. Um, so yeah, I mean, good things from him tonight. And Chris Livingston as well played tonight, seven points, three of four from the field. And he didn't play the I, first game. So this is the first action we got to see from him tonight. Yeah. I didn't he only played seven minutes. I'll be honest. I don't I didn't I don't remember noticing him much out there. I wasn't hundred percent paying attention the entire game, so I don't have too many comments on him, but yeah. He played a hell of a lot better than I thought. L- listen, I I'm just gonna tell you something. And, and we you and I both questioned the contract they gave him being at the end of the second round, like what what are we doing? You can you can kind of see what they see in him. I mean, you can kind of see that with all due respect to Andre Jackson Jr., he's probably closer to being ready to be in the rotation than Andre Jackson Jr. is, to be honest with you. As far as what he provides, he might be ready sooner than Jackson because he can shoot the ball a little bit. He's just as athletic. Maybe it might be longer. Uh, I think he is longer than Andre Jackson Jr. I don't know. I don't even have to look at the wingspans. Um, but I, I, to me... He looked pretty good. Again, like you said, few minutes. That group played really well at the end. Tried they made two or three runs to get that thing within six or eight points uh, against Memphis at the end, and still playing hard. And again, if you're Adrian Griffin, you love seeing this, right? These guys were fighting all the way to the end, even if it's a preseason game for a guy like Marzian. He's like, oh, who cares? I, who, these guys aren't playing in June. I don't care about these guys. But to Griffin, it's a big deal because this is kind of your future, right? And like you said, next year. Right. And Malik Beasley isn't a buck in, you know, 24, 25. Maybe Jackson has a chance or Bochamp has a chance then, depending on what they do this year, to be that guy next to Lillard and Middleton and Giannis going into next season. This is their proving ground right here. This is your opportunity 
to prove to this coaching staff that going into the summer, going into the playoffs, that, look, I showed enough. Not only did I show enough, I showed enough to get a little playoff action on top of it and then put the Bucs in a position to figure out what they want to do at that position, uh, you know, going into the draft and into the summer for free agency and so forth, hoping one of these guys pan out. Because if you're John Horst, that's what you want. You want one or two of these guys to get into your rotation to provide that athleticism and that youth that you've been preaching you wanted all summer. It's not going to happen this year, probably, but you're hoping it happens in 24-25. Yeah, and and having that long-term thought process is, is another thing that I think Bucks fans need to, to have is like, you know, just because Andre Jackson looks kind of good right now doesn't have to mean like, oh, like we need to play him this year and like that, like just thinking about this year, this year, this year, like, no, it's even if it's like, okay, maybe his shot's not there enough to play him much this year. It's still like, think about it for two years down the road. Think about it for three years down the road where, okay, maybe he can turn into something, as you said, and it turns out to be, you know, again, if he can, if he can all of a sudden work on his shot, have a better shot by 24, 25, and with his combination of defense, athleticism, passing to go along with that, okay, all of a sudden in 24 or 25, you might have this super cheap, athletic, young, you know, role player that you can put in there that, you know, is just like, okay, that's a huge bonus to have, as you said, compared to having to go sign someone like that or go find someone like that. It's like, no, like developing these guys for a couple years down the road, um, it's not all going to be about this year. You know, like these guys are probably not going to play much this year. It's just kind of, can they progress? Can they get a little bit better? Can they get a little more comfortable? And then hopefully down the line, we start to see them, you know, crack the rotation a little bit or at least be competing for minutes and, you know, if, 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 again, even if just one of these guys hits, like that's, that's a bonus. That's a, that's a very cheap young guy that you get to play down the road in 24, 25 yep. that you didn't, that you don't have to go out and find and sign and do all that with. So, yeah. All right. Uh, just to wrap this up here, did you hear the story uh, during the broadcast in Valley Sports, Wisconsin from between Novak and Byington about their little shooting challenge John Horace gave to yes. Steve Novak? So this whole thing, if you were watching the broadcast, you're listening to the radio. So apparently John Horst decided to challenge Steve Novak, who, you know, one of Marquette's all-time sharpshooters, played in the league for quite a while, uh, being a sharpshooter, uh, decided to challenge him uh, at 50 bucks. I think it was earlier today, was it? Uh, for, at $50, going off of what Dame Lillard did. So Lillard, when he went through that, you know, wave of people that stood out there for four hours to have nothing happen other than him walk through the crowd. When he got inside, uh, then he went and, and took a hundred three pointers, 20 from five different spots around the three point. line. Okay. He hit 93 of a hundred three pointers. Now this is according to Novak and Byington on Valley sports, Wisconsin. This was tonight, I just want to ask, was this, was tonight the first time you heard that story? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I hadn't heard it either. And I was like, no, I heard him say it. And I was like, you saw the video that- of him shooting. That the yeah. Bucks put out, but you never—they never said how many he made. No, yeah. so yeah, so ninety-three of a hundred. So I was like, oh man, that's that's damn good. So Horace apparently challenges Novak and goes, hey, you know, he hit ninety-three of a hundred from three. Could you hit ninety-four of a hundred from a free throw line? And Novak, I mean, you gotta appreciate Novak. He, I'm sure he chuckled and said, "Come on, John, really? You really don't think I can hit ninety-four of a hundred? So fine, challenge is accepted. Fifty bucks." So apparently when Novak got to 80 of 80, think about that for a second, folks, 80 of 80 at the free throw line, 80 of 80, apparently horse tried to start buying him out. Hey, give me 25, call it a day. We're all done. No, no, no. We're at 80 of 80. Let's go. Novak. I 
hundred of a hundred from the free throw line. Marzian, how many in a row do you think? Mind you, we all saw the video. How many free throws in a row do you think you could make in a row if there was money on the line? Um, I've done this before. I I've actually okay. So, all right. Yeah, I learned something I mean, more about Nate. Okay. Not for not for money, but I know like I've I've had it where like I'm shooting in the gym and like my friends will you know I'll, I always go and if as soon as I start making a few in a row, I'm like I can't stop until I miss. Like I'm not gonna stop in the middle of making eight or ten in a row because it's like I just want to see how many I can make in a row. Um, right. If it was for if it was for money, it would probably lower how many I can make in a row because I probably am not as good under pressure. But I will say there's I have had times where I've probably made, and you might not believe me, the video I posted was a joke, by you the way. You friends that I'm, saw it. The, I, the friends that saw you, saw you do it. So you have witnesses. Well, yes, I. but I will right? say. The you video have witnesses I, the, to whatever number you're going to give me? Yes. The video I posted where I missed a bunch of shots in my driveway was a joke, in case anyone doesn't know that. I'm not that bad at basketball. Um, <laughs> I'm not very, I'm not like great at basketball, but I'm not that bad. I, I, I think my record for most made in a row is probably around 40 or 50. That's really good. That's yeah, really good. Because when I, when I, when I, when I, when I, yeah, when I get in my, when I get in my rhythm and get in my groove and just like, you know, I, I usually need to have someone rebounding for me too. Cause it's just boom. Okay. Get it back to me right away. One dribble. Boom. Okay. It's like, you need to have that rhythm. So that helps. But yeah, I mean, and like I said, if I'm, if I'm just shooting, for if it's pressure and there's for money, then I probably would lower it to like 20. That's wild. He is Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. It is green and growing. The next game for the Bucks is against the Lakers Sunday night. I would assume Lillard, Giannis both play in that game in LA. Uh, LeBron has not played yet for the Lakers either. So I, I would assume all three of them play. As far as Milton goes, I know Nathan says it's all fine. We'll see. We'll see if Middleton plays in the game against uh, the Lakers. I bet you Lillard and Giannis play. Middleton, I have no idea how long this is going to go on for. But I would say Lillard and Giannis play. And if they both play and LeBron plays with AD, now we're going to have a game, especially if they all play at least a half. I I will be very excited to see uh, what this looks like. Because you hear Novak Novak talking about how he sees Lillard and Giannis, and he just starts giggling on TV about what they look like. So I I just – I absolutely cannot wait. There's a video – I think it's Clutch Points is the Twitter account. I don't know if you saw it uh, today on Twitter. I retweeted it. Garnett talking about the Bucks, about they're going to be the team that wins the championship. And he talks about Lillard and Giannis and how they both want the same thing and they're both going to be willing to sacrifice for each other and and that whole thing. It was it was really well done by KG. Kind of explained the whole thing about how he was from Minnesota to Boston going in that situation with Ray and Pierce and how it's kind of similar to Lillard coming into a situation. Uh, with Giannis and Milton. It, it was really well done. So if you get a chance, I retweeted it at Sparky Radio. Otherwise, I think the name of the Twitter account uh, is Clutch Points. All right, y'all. Have a good rest of your day. We'll talk to you in a couple days. Have a good one. And...